We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The crisis has abated and COVID seems manageable for now. Well, we're certainly in a much better place than we were, particularly last December and January. During last winter's Omicron wave, the country was averaging more than 700,000 cases a day. That's now down to 43,000. In New Jersey specifically, there are 2,000 daily cases and vaccination rates are high. But there is a concern. Uptake on the Omicron-specific shot remains low. Just 5% of eligible residents have gotten the injection, and the number is 11% for senior citizens. So that 11% should be... 70%, and overall, we would like to see 70%. So we have a lot of work to do. As the weather cools and people spend more time inside, cases could rise, especially in schools. But don't expect a masking requirement. It came to a point where mandating masks really took the focus away from other mitigation activities, particularly vaccination. This week on 880 In-Depth, a conversation with New Jersey's health commissioner. If we can get everybody to have really robust immune systems, I think, I think we can get to an endemic stage. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Michael Wallace. It's easy to let your guard down. Case counts are relatively low and you could think we're done with COVID, but COVID might not be done with us. Judith Persichelli says the virus is continuing to mutate, and if we don't corner and kill it, we could give it new life. The risk is the next variant that comes uh, through the door. And the more individuals that have boosted immunity the more difficult it will be for any variant to break through. A little later, we'll look at how misinformation undermines public health. We really want to hold ourselves out as being a source of truth, uh, as being a a, a source of um, reality. But let's start our conversation with Persa Kelly on the current state of play. She spoke to our Peter Haskell. Well, we're certainly in a much better place than we were, particularly last December and January. Um, Cases uh, are staying pretty steady, uh, about, um, you know, 2,000 a day. Uh, On the other hand, um, our most um, pressing issue and a concern is that our deaths are staying steady as well and at a number higher than we would like, between 5 and 10 a day. So we certainly would like that to be lower. It's just an indication 
that uh, although many individuals are testing positive for COVID, a small uh, subset are suffering from serious disease, causing hospitalization and death, and we need to definitely continue trying to protect those people. How are things going with vaccines? It seems like the numbers for children are still pretty low. Yeah, we're not seeing, um, and, and we track this every day. We remain vigilant on every single case, every single hospitalization, and we track it every day. And we, uh, you know, we do see uh, positive cases in children, but we also see that children are not getting as sick as uh, the elderly, particularly those over 65 uh, and those with uh, some type of uh, immunocompromised condition. So children are getting it, but they're just not getting as sick. There's this new Omicron-specific vaccine. What's been the uptake like with that? So let's let's start at the beginning. About 93% of the eligible population in New Jersey have received at one at least one dose of vaccine. 81% have received a second dose. So 81% have finished their primary series. Of that group, 54% got the first booster that came out. So now we're on to the bivalent booster. As you know, the first boosters now are not being administered because the bivalent boosters are really targeted to the variant of Omicron, BA4 and BA5, that are circulating and accounting for about 80% of the infections. So as of today, 358,000 doses of the bivalent booster have been given to the eligible population. That is about 4.7%, way, way too low. Of that, um, you know, we look at the vulnerable elderly population, the plus 65, 11.7% of the eligible population over 65 have received the bivalent. So that 11% should be 70%, and overall we would like to see 70%. So we have a lot of work to do, uh, encouraging people uh, to take the bivalent uh, booster. Uh, you're eligible. Uh, two months after you have completed your primary series or two months after your last monovalent booster or three months after you are symptom-free from an infection with uh, COVID-19. If you uh, receive uh, Pfizer, Pfizer is available for individuals 12 years and up, and Moderna is available for individuals 18 years and up. When it comes to the bivalent booster, uh, what do you do to get the word out? And what's the risk if these numbers stay low? Well, the the risk is the next variant that comes uh, through the door. And the more individuals that have boosted immunity, the more difficult it will be for any variant to break through. So we know that the BA4 and BA5 account for about 80, 85% of the infections right now. So if we can protect people 
against BA4 and BA5, and their uh, immune systems are strengthened, the next variant may have more difficulty evading our, our um, immune systems, and that's our hope. It's if people continue to be hesitant about this, what what do you think we might see this winter as more and more people spend time together indoors? Well, we certainly know uh, that winters are a concern for lots of reasons, uh, flu being one. Um, we currently have about 29,000 cases of uh, flu, uh, so we're at very low transmission levels right now, which which is a good thing. Uh, we also know that um, uh, we also know that the immunity from prior vaccinations for COVID wanes over time. Four, five, six months, you don't have the immunity, and that just leaves you more vulnerable to any variant that uh, again uh, emerges. I want to go back to last December and January when we experienced what we call the monster of all variants, and that was Omicron. Our cases were significantly higher than they are right now, and so were our hospitalizations, and that's what we're trying to avoid. We know that vaccine doesn't stop infection. What it does is uh, moderate severe disease, hospitalizations, and death. So we're concerned. Um, we're con- our predictive model shows that if we can get over 50% of individuals uh, vaccinated with the bivalent vaccine, we will see about 1,000 to 1,500 uh, uh, cases a day in our hospitals, but our intensive care cases and individuals on ventilators will remain quite low. What happens if you don't get to 50%? Well, we do know that other mitigation activities are protective. Uh, So if people want to go back to masking, social distancing, staying home if you're sick, washing your hands frequently, uh, isolating if you're symptomatic, um, we might be able to uh, keep infections at a lower rate. Uh, But we know that mitigation activities, uh, the personal mitigation activities, um, and you can walk outside and and, or go into restaurants and you can see that people are not wearing masks and um, would rather have, uh, and I don't blame them, uh, the social interactions uh, that are part of our human beings. Uh, We know that 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 going back to those strict mitigation activities would probably do more harm than good. So we're just hoping everybody takes some personal responsibility here, looks at their own situations, uh, first their own health. If they're immunocompromised or elderly, we can't encourage you enough to get the bivalent booster. It'll be life-saving. If you're younger uh, and you feel that you you uh, don't have major vulnerabilities, um, still protect yourself as you would uh, during a flu season, um, during an outbreak of measles, just protect yourselves so that you don't put elderly individuals, your loved ones, your grandparents uh, at risk. But there's a certain amount of needle exhaustion. 
First there was the vaccine and a second dose, then there was the booster and another booster. Doctors are now recommending an Omicron-specific shot, but not many people are rushing in. Omicron accounts for 80% of cases in the Garden State. I think what we have figured out is the people that lined up first to get the uh, the vaccines uh, and people that lined up first to get the boosters uh, will line up first uh, to get the bivalent. Uh, I think we know there will be a percentage of individuals uh, that will be very compliant. We also know there's a lot of weariness out there, and I don't blame them. I have had five shots. Um, <laughs> I'm always putting my arm out. I have had five COVID shots, and I've had my flu shot. And I know how weary I get making sure that I'm up to date on everything. So I get how people feel. I just hope that they take some personal responsibility for themselves, but most importantly for those who are most vulnerable. Uh, as long as we're still having between five and 10 deaths a day, I think we owe it to our communities, to our loved ones, to each other, uh, to do as much as we can to bring that number down. Do you think those same people who roll up those arms for COVID will still get the flu shot? And do you think maybe fewer people get the flu shot this year? I think people that are rolling their arms up to get COVID are also rolling their arms up to get flu. I think it was Dr. Ja from uh, 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 the, the World Health Organization it said, said you could get them both at the same time. That's why we were born with two arms. Um, and I actually didn't get my both at the same time. I got them two weeks apart just because of uh, scheduling. Uh, but we had a, a, a vaccine um, event here in Trenton uh, on Monday, and people came in. They got flu. They got COVID. Uh, it was really uh, very heartening to see over 100 individuals um, getting both uh, flu and COVID. You know, I'm curious. I just want to go back to kids. Uh, is is the state keeping track of cases in schools? Yeah, we continue to keep track of uh, cases in, in schools. Uh, we get uh, reports of every outbreak, and I get, at the end of every day, a report on every outbreak. So um, the, uh, the vigilance here at the Department of Health, um, some days I say that we are the only people that realize the pandemic is not over. The vigilance here is uh, pretty uh, significant. You know, I'm curious. We've had so much controversy and it's been so contentious when it comes to masking. If things get bad in the schools or if cases go up in schools, do, do you think people have the stomach for even the suggestion that there should be masks in schools, even if it's not mandated. How much of a challenge do you think that could be? Well, you know, we are encouraging masking, strongly encouraging masking when the community level of transmission is high. Um, so we are uh, making sure that our local health departments and our schools um, and our communities check what the uh, community level transmission is. So strongly encouraged. So then the question is, would we ever go back to mandating? You know, we've had a lot of discussions on that. And it, it came to a point where mass, mandating masks 
really took the focus away from other mitigation activities, particularly vaccination. And as long as that uh, focus was taken away from the significant uh, aspects of protection from uh, vaccination, um, we felt that that had a negative impact. Uh, we could talk also about the negative impact of masking of children uh, generally uh, on their social interactions. Uh, so at the end of the day, we've made, uh, again, a, a very um, specific decision to encourage strongly, make sure people have the information they need, uh, that we have dashboards that they can access to look at what's going on in their communities and make the decision that's best for them um, so that our focus continues on the overall protective mechanisms, uh, particularly vaccination. While we're talking about kids, what, what are you seeing in terms of mental health issues? We've heard about all kinds of uh, problems with anxiety and depression. Well, we've seen uh, mental health issues throughout uh, impacting all age segments, by the way, because of this uh, pandemic. You know, this is a, a once in a, in a uh, century pandemic uh, with a virus that has been um, variable and difficult to chase down. Uh, and the, the fear of that um, continues to, to this day. Uh, children have been particularly impacted the, their lives, the freedom of their lives, uh, things that we as children um, never even thought about, uh, the ability to gather and to have fun with your friends and to, um, to have kids over your homes and play sports. I mean, you could go on and on. Every single part of their life has been impacted. So we are concerned. Um, do I think children are resilient enough to carry on? I do. But we need to help them verbalize their fears and discuss their fears and their concerns uh, so that it doesn't get um, to a point where they cannot be helped. Uh, the Department of Human Services, who has most of the community mental health services, is really very active in making sure that all of the schools and communities have the services they need, particularly for the children, but for all, all age cohorts, quite frankly. It, it seems from what I've read, there are a lot of districts that just don't have the manpower to help these kids. And so I guess two things, I mean, can the schools handle these kids? And if not, and this anxiety and depression and other things go untreated, what is the impact there? Well, untreated anxiety and depression can lead to so many life-altering decisions um, that kids make based on sometimes impulsivity, and none of it is good. None of it is good. So we just have to make sure that the services are available uh, and uh, that there's no stigma attached to seeking counseling and help. And speaking of stigma, it's been a difficult time for many people working in public health. The politicization of COVID has led to personal threats and calls to defund these life-saving agencies. Percy Kelly says it's important to be truthful, even when there's uncertainty. 
I think the biggest impact has been on uh, misinformation. You know, public officials, uh, elected officials, um, are there for a reason. People have a lot of trust in them. They vote for them. And so they obviously look up to them and want to hear information uh, or see um, them uh, model behaviors uh, that uh, then their constituents can model. When misinformation is passed through people uh, with high credibility, it really shakes the foundation of how we how we how we focus on our daily lives you know sometimes we we look to our parents or a parent or a a partner for um that type of model behavior uh and sometimes you look at your elected officials sometimes you look at your doctor in most cases you look at a doctor or a nurse so if this information is coming from the people you look up to it can have really dire consequences for the future of and uh, role of public health officials uh, because we really want to hold ourselves out as being a source of truth, uh, as being a, a, a source of um, reality of what's going on. And I think what has, has uh, affected all of us uh, is the, um, the a virus that had the potential and continues to have the potential to change repeatedly and we keep trying to give the information that we have at the time and then it changes and that makes people really unsettled so there's you know it's a combination of things here that uh, put public health officials on alert that um, our role is to be clear to be concise to say what we know and how we know it and to not feel that we have to have to always say something when we don't know what's going on and be truthful with people. Last question. When it comes to COVID, what are you watching in the months ahead? Well, I would like to see 70% of the eligible population get the bivalent booster so that we can shut the door on BA4 and BA5 we are currently uh, surveilling uh, a couple of different variants uh, that so far appear to be highly transmissible, but not as deadly I, or serious, I should say. And if we can get everybody to have really robust immune systems, I think, I think we can get to an endemic stage where we will consistently have some level of COVID but that it will be much more predictable and at levels where serious illness and death are under control. Judy, thank you so much for your time. As always, I appreciate it. Uh, always good to talk with you, Peter. That'll do it for this edition of 880 In-Depth. Our executive producers are Tim Scheld and Peter Haskell. New Jersey Health Commissioner Judith Persichelli has been a frequent guest on this show, and we thank her for her time. You can find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Michael Wallace. Thanks for listening.
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.